Hey ladies, welcome to the Looking Above podcast. It's easy to get bogged down in details of everyday life. If we aren't intentional, our eyes can easily be pulled away from the Lord and we can set our gaze on things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My name is Karen Boffman and I'm the women's pastor at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming. I believe that our perspective changes everything. So together, we'll be looking above. Hey there, welcome back to Looking Above. Today, Brooklyn and I are going to be discussing sensory rest. And this is actually, again, one of the stations that we had pre-recorded for the ladies retreat we just had last weekend. But we wanted to share this with you because I think that it's something that is so pertinent and being experienced by so many of us in our society today is just this constant sensory overstimulation that leads to a tiredness that we may not even know that we're feeling. So go ahead and listen in as Brooklyn and I discuss sensory rest. And I'll just say before we start that um, at the retreat when we did this, we actually had the room kind of dim and we had ladies put on a sleep mask so that they were depriving their sense of sight as they listened to this. And I know it's not possible maybe for you at home, you're doing this while you're making dinner or whatever. But if you have the time and the ability to listen to this podcast, while sitting in darkness or while um, just closing your eyes, go ahead and do that and practice what we're talking about. Practice depriving one of your senses so that it can be replenished and renewed while you listen to this today. So Brooklyn and I are here today and we're going to talk a little bit about our senses and the fact that we are constantly in this state of sensory overload. And most of us don't even recognize it. Right. It's, um, it is a problem in our society. So let's just talk about that for a minute. Okay. Our nervous system was created by God to receive input from the outside world, from things outside of us um, and inside of us too. I mean, we have nerves inside our bodies that tell us what, what's going on inside as well. But we have this nervous system that's constantly receiving input. And we all know what our senses are, sight and sound and smell and taste and touch. And so all of our senses are constantly just taking in information, taking in, in information, and our brain is processing all of this information that's coming in. But in our current society, those senses are on hyperdrive. We are right now in this state of just receiving so much information at all times that our senses are on this um, just overload constantly, and we don't give them a break. And it has come to this place where I wrote a, qu- a quote down from um, from Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith's book, Sacred Rest, that we're talking about here. And she says, we are so attuned to constant sensory input, we've learned to block out much of it. So we don't even notice when our senses are being driven into overdrive. Right. But if you think back even, I mean, you could even go back like to the 90s and it would be different than now. But even to 100 years ago and just all of the new 
things that affect our senses that we're surrounded by everyday technology, Mm -hmm. um, sounds, all of that, Mm -hmm. and just how different it is. It's been a lot for our bodies to adapt to in a short amount of time. Yeah. 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 So we have just, you know, the regular things. Like we don't think about the fact that the clothing we wear is our body, the sense of touch is constantly being stimulated just by the fact that we're wearing clothes, by the air in the room that's around us, you know, the room temperature, our body is taking in information. That's why we get so angry when it's cold out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like we're constantly just, you know, the sense of touch and maybe the chair that you're sitting in is uncomfortable. And so it's, you know, like there's a spring that's poking your butt. And, you know, so that like we're constantly feeling the the touch that's going on around us. We have, I think our sight is what is predominantly overstimulated in our society right now. You were talking about technology and the fact that we're constantly looking at screens. Mm -hmm. I think in the book she said something about 58% of adults um, are dealing with eye strain and eye fatigue, and that that number is just constantly on the rise and is going to continue to go up as more and more computers are necessary in workplaces. And I think it's probably higher than that already just because of phones. Like we look at our phones all the time, just constantly. So we constantly are taking things in with our eyes and it's a lot of light and color. And um, so there's a lot of stimulation there. We hear a lot of things. You and I were just talking like about how we tune things out in the office all the time and we don't even recognize how much sound is coming at us in the in our office. And it can be things like a radiator humming or a coworker clicking on the keyboard or um, another coworker watching video on their computer. Mm-hmm. And there's just, there's sound. And how many of us turn on music all the time because, you know, we go home or the TV yeah. because we are so accustomed to having sound come at us. But you're not even listening. It's not intentional listening to music. It's, oh, I need background noise. Right, right. So, yeah, so we've become so accustomed to it that we crave it and we're not aware of the fact, the detriment, I guess, that it that it actually has on us. So many of us are walking around tired, right? We're just walking around in this constant chronic state of fatigue. And a part of what we're doing here at this retreat is trying to, for all of us, become more aware and recognize that sleep does not fix all of our unrest. Right. Sleep isn't going to fix the kind of fatigue that comes from a constant sensory overload. Sleep is not going to fix the kind of fatigue that comes from too much social interaction. So we need to recognize where we are rest deprived so that we can then rest in that specific way in order to achieve a a state of being rested. Definitely. (laughs) Being rested. So as we're talking about sensory rest, what we're really talking about is how are we experiencing sensory overload? And then what can we do to rest our senses? So let's talk, Brooklyn, a little bit about sensory overload. Let's just talk as women, as moms, just, you know, as people in this society, you know, I've mentioned a few things, but how are we experiencing, how are you, how, when, when do you notice maybe that you have gotten to this place of fatigue of your senses? Well, first of all, I wanted to say I think probably everybody 
experiences mm-hmm. sensory overload. Mm-hmm. That's probably a rest that every single person can use because of mm-hmm. the society that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that a lot of us need to be more aware mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. And that's where it is tricky. But sure. for me, I feel the most sensory overload. Goodness, it could after events mm-hmm. um, where there's a lot of people talking and giving me hugs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, loud music. I mean, even mm-hmm. like worship events, they're great. I love them. I'm not saying anything bad, but I do notice that I like to go home and have quiet mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. Which we will know based on what we've read in this book, if you're coming away from events like that feeling fatigued, that is a symptom of already having yes. a sensory fatigue. Yeah. So we ought to be able to go to events like that and not come away tired. So if you come away from events feeling really tired, that's saying, I went into this depleted. Yeah. I just want to make that distinction. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I think that um, moms (laughs) (laughs) have a lot of sensory overload. And that's not... Obviously, something you can just get rid of. Mm-hmm. But I think putting in practices, mm-hmm. like you said, we should be able to go into our day and not feel totally depleted where mm-hmm. you need quiet. But have moments of rest throughout the day, sensory rest, mm-hmm. to where it doesn't get to that moment of depletion. Right, right. Being touched yeah. out. I, That's a really yes, popular I phrase. I yeah. think moms get to that place, right? Especially when we have little kids and numerous little kids. Yeah. If you've got a two-year-old and you're breastfeeding— Oh, yeah. like those are some of the most tired, overwhelming days that we can we can have. I think as moms, to, as you know, that touched out thing where you're just like, I don't want anyone near me. And you, know, how many times have you heard a woman say, "I don't want sex" in that season? I don't want to be touched because I don't want to be touched. Yeah, right. So, so we we see some of that. Sometimes it's a um, it's an overstimulation, right? Where everything feels like it's too big, and then sometimes we actually see this by not by our senses, not working as well. So like she'll say, if you feel like you constantly need um, junk food or fast food, things that are processed, things that have a high sodium or high sugar content, that's because your taste buds have been so overstimulated that they've lost the ability to be satisfied with natural foods. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's funny how it kind of it kind of goes both ways where sometimes we just like almost have become numb to things and then other times where we're like I can't handle this. Yeah. You know, like my nerves are going crazy right now. Um for me, uh, the one and I think we you and I were talking everyone experiences this differently, right? So I think um some of us have a higher capacity and I actually read on um a different website. It was a lady who's actually an occupational therapist. And she said that we all have um, a window of tolerance to what our senses can endure. Some of us have a bigger window than others. And I think that would be interesting to look into. My guess is that those of us who are extroverts um, probably have a bigger window as far as sights and sounds and things like that where an mm-hmm. introvert might that might they might an introvert might have a greater tolerance of touch or you know mm-hmm. so I, I I don't know the science behind that but I think it's interesting and we need to recognize that that what I can endure might be far more than what you can endure mm-hmm. um, 
and we need to be sensitive to each other <laughs> in that, that um, what is overstimulating to me may not be to you. I have found recently that scents have become very, like, too big almost in my brain. So uh, especially very fake yeah. scents. Um, so I don't know who keeps buying them, but somebody keeps buying these trash bags here at the <laughs> church that are scented with, like, this fake lavender smell. I cannot handle them. I walk into a room and there's one of those trash bags and I have to get rid of the trash. Like I take it out and then I have to scrub my hands because then the smell is on my hands. But that smell is like so overwhelming to me. It feels like it's all I can notice in that room at that time. Well, there's an example of, okay, Karen, like I think your senses are on hyperdrive right now. So what do you need to do to <laughs> combat that, right? Um the, the computer, I talk to people all the time and they're talking, I was talking to a friend the other day and she's like, my eye keeps twitching. And I said, do you do most of your work at a computer? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, I think your eyes are tired. Um, so we, we all have these things. Something is probably stressing you out and you don't even realize it from a sensory standpoint. Um, so some people actually have a sensory processing disorder and I, again, I'm not totally sure on the science of this. I think some people are born with that. I think some people develop that um, through life. And I'm my gut says that this is because of this sensory overload that, you know, because some people are more sensitive to it and then we have this crazy constant barrage than those who are dealing with a sensory processing disorder. For those who are, it's even harder to deal with this sensory stimuli. You need to be even more aware of this and more attuned with taking breaks. So let's talk a little bit about what sensory rest is. Sensory rest involves denying one or more of your senses the experience of the physical world for short periods. So it's taking a break. Now, the sense of touch, we can never stop. I don't like to think about that. Isn't that funny? <laughs> it kind of bothers right? me. <laughs> we can't take a break from touch. Like you lay down on your bed, you feel the sheet, right. you feel the bed, you feel, you know, you feel the air around you. So that's one that we can't deprive. But most of our other senses, we are able to deprive the sense in order. What happens then when we deprive it is it actually kind of resets it in our nervous system so that it's better able to endure the stimuli that's going to come at it after that time of rest. Um, we cannot deprive all of our senses at the same time. That's, you know, it's, it doesn't no. work. We can't do that. Our bodies are constantly receiving input, but we can kind of rein it in, tone it down, um, limit the input that we're getting so that um, those senses can rest. So let's talk about what are some ways, I guess, that we can that we can take a break and allow our senses to reset. You can sit in a dark room, yeah, and deprive your sense of sight. Um, how else could we deprive our sense of sight? Would be taking rests from screens. Yes. That is a huge, huge, really, really important way that we can deprive that sense of that just 
crazy stimulus that our eyes weren't really made for. You know, we were made for the natural world, and here we have this synthetic lights and colors coming at us all the time. So that would be a huge one. I think, you know, those people who, like, dim the lights in their house at night, Mm -hmm. that's a way to kind of bring the light input down and allow our senses to have some rest. I think even with, even though you can never fully deprive your Mm -hmm. sense of touch, Mm -hmm. you can be aware of it. Right. So even moms who are being touched all day long and pulled Mm -hmm. at and all of that, I think that there's ways that you can set aside even five minutes Mm -hmm. to not be touched. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'm going to lay the baby down, (laughs) walk away from the top. Yeah, yeah. Um, And just kind of being intentional about, Mm -hmm. okay, these five minutes, I'm just going to be still Mm -hmm. and... Uh, you made a really good point earlier when we were talking about why do we want to go home and put on comfy clothes. Right. So even though you can not deprive your body from feeling touch, mm-hmm. you can give it more enjoyable and less demanding, I guess, right. um, stimuli. Yes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. The clothes we wear. People will say to me sometimes like, oh, you look so cute today. And I'm like, oh, I dressed for comfort today. (laughs) Thank you for telling me that I look nice, but I am wearing this because it's the softest thing I own. And I do it without thinking that that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You know, like when we go home and we change into our comfy clothes, we do it without thinking that what I'm doing is now allowing my sense of touch to rest. No. Yeah. Your body naturally, you're like, oh, this feels better. You're not intentional about, I'm going to let my sense of touch rest. But some of us maybe don't do that. And that would be a way that we could allow ourselves to rest is to to intentionally dress in softer fabrics, wrap up in that snuggly blanket. Um, One thing I read said that actually taking a bath is a really good way to reset our sense of touch. And so laying in a warm tub actually does something where it resets us. So there are ways, yes, we can't not feel the stimuli, but we can change the stimuli so that it is a softer, more acceptable (laughs) stimuli. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, Sound, I think, is another one in our society. There's just so much, so much noise going on all the time. And um, we get in our cars and we turn on music. Like we don't drive in silence. We don't do, you know, we take our phones in the bathroom and we play music while we're in the shower. We are on our phones while we're on the toilet. You know, like there's always sound coming at us. And so things with that would be to just not turn things on in your house. Allow your house to be quiet. Drive places without anything turned on in your car and just drive in silence. Um, Take your shower without music. You know, some of those. And sound can be very restful. So you can use music as a form of rest. So if you, for instance, work in a hospital and there's just sound and noise and people and beeping and whatever, for you, maybe getting in the car and turning on some quiet instrumental music, that is a way to allow your sense of sound to rest. So it's not that we can't have no, you know, it's just like the t- the touch. Getting in a tub allows your sense of touch to rest. Sometimes music is a good form of rest or some white noise, something like that, that kind of blocks out the other the other stuff. Again, this is a hard one when you have young kids in your house. Mm-hmm. You can feel loud all the time. Right. And you were talking about just setting aside that time where your kids need quiet time. 
Yeah, I think it's important to teach them through us learning about this sensory rest, mm-hmm. how to sensory rest as well, because they get so much too, for the, especially for their brains, which are still developing and all right. of that. So I think it's important um, to instill quiet time for them too without mm-hmm. all of the the TV or music or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And if they don't take naps, um, something that worked for my daughter was saying, okay, you stay in here and mm-hmm. I'm going to go into my room <laughs> or wherever and we're going to have quiet time. And it could be for 20 minutes um, or it can be for two hours, whatever. Right. But setting that time aside and teaching them too about sensory rest, I think is important for both of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, for Okay, let's talk about taste for a minute. You know, they're saying that the junk food is what we start eating when our taste has become dulled because we have not, or because we are so overstimulated taste-wise. So uh, drinking just water is actually a way that we can help reset and cleanse our palate. Um, You know, if you're someone who's been drinking a lot of pop, a lot of sugary drinks, a lot of coffee, maybe it's taking and supplementing part of your day where you're drinking more just water and allowing that to kind of cleanse and restore, uh, limiting our salt intake, limiting our sugar intake, trying to eat more natural foods, all of those things. Um, we can change our palate to appreciate those things. My brother drinks Dr. Pepper almost exclusively. I am not even kidding when I tell you, I, I I can't express how much Dr. Pepper, the man drinks in a day. And I said to him, do you ever drink water? And he said, no. Because of the taste or what? He says water tastes like nothing. Because your senses have been so dulled. Oh, that makes sense. Right. Isn't that, but that's exactly what this is, you know, this is talking about is that that's where his, his sense of taste is right now. He also eats a ton of fast food, you know? So I know both of us have... Um, taking sugar out of our coffee. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to drink a coffee that has sugar in it, it's too much, right? <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. yeah, I don't like it anymore, yeah. but I used to crave that. Mm-hmm. So that is an example of how you're, right. it can be reset. Right. Yes. And the same with taste, sound, any of it. At first, it is going to feel dull mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you are not used to it. Your threshold is so much higher than yes. it needs to be. Yeah, your senses have become dulled because of that. Yeah. Um, But yes, all of it can be reset and back to a state where we aren't in that sensory overload all the time, which what have we not talked about? Smell. Um, Well, I mean, I mentioned the smells (laughs) thing really bothers me, but a good way to reset this is to breathe fresh air. So go outside for even 10, 15 minutes a day. And even, or even if it's literally you get a two minute break, you know, from work, walk away from your desk and just breathe fresh air that can really help to reset and get your sense of smell from that state of, whoa, what is coming at me? And I know she mentioned in the book, she's a doctor, right? Mm -hmm. And so she doesn't have the opportunity to go out sometimes when Mm -hmm. she has really long shifts. Mm -hmm. So she would use citrus yes. in the meantime. Yes. Um, so like refreshing smells like that that mm-hmm. actually are, they do cleanse your palate mm-hmm. um, could be a good alternative. Yep. Yep. 
which is why at this station right now you will smell citrus. <laughs> We're trying to help you reset and not be overloaded. Um, when you overload, this is a quote from her book, when you overload the senses, you overload the mind and your body and emotions will respond adversely. Signs of, restless, of a restless, overstimulated body include racing thoughts, anger, palpitations, anxiety, disturbing dreams, and trouble falling asleep. When you overload the senses, you overload the mind, and your body and emotions will respond adversely. And this is what we see. So when we live in this state of this chronic sensory overload, it's going to play its way out somehow. And usually, it's irritability. Mm-hmm. And most of us probably don't recognize why we're irritable at the end of a day, but it's most likely because our senses have been firing on all cylinders all day long. Yeah. My daughter, Kalena, who I do think has a sensory processing <laughs> disorder um, that I would like to get figured out and treated, but she will often say to me, and it usually is later in the day, she'll text me and say, mom, I just feel wrong. And that's her way of saying, I think her nervous system is out of whack. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Something is not right. And so then for her, I'm trying to teach her now as we learn about rest, say, you know, have you been around? Some, sometimes it's an emotional thing, but often it's a sensory thing. And I'll say, have you spent any time in quiet today? Have you been in the dark? You know, and I'll say to her, why don't you go up? There's a chapel on campus. I'll say, why don't you go up to the chapel? No one's going to be there and just sit somewhere quiet for a while. And she does. And she usually feels better after she takes that time and goes away from everyone. Or she'll go into her room, turn off the lights and lay on her bed in darkness. So darkness and quiet and just depriving a couple of her senses for 30 minutes and then her body is able to kind of reset and she can feel better. But when she doesn't do that, then that we see what's, you know, what this is talking about. Your body and emotions will respond adversely. She gets very cranky and she will be the first to admit this, but it's because her senses have just been so over, overstimulated. Yeah. So I, I think if most of us really think about that, we would recognize that we're kind of the same way. Yes. And like we said, everyone has different bandwidths, but with the amount of stimuli that we have in our days right now, if you're not being intentional, mm -hmm. yeah, you probably notice at least one of the symptoms that mm -hmm. you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you want to read that quote there at the top of that page? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. We accept the health benefits of avoiding junk food, but we rarely consider the effects of the junky, cluttered, sensory impressions we receive from our choices of entertainment of living environment. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. So, we, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we think about the fact that junk food, we know junk food isn't good for us, but we don't think about the fact that we've junked up our environments. Oh, yes. You know, and how often... Any of us, we get to the end of a day, and what do we do? We turn on the TV. Well, like I like how it says our choices of entertainment. Right. Our choices of entertainment usually do cause the most stimuli, whether it's scrolling Instagram or Pinterest or watching TV, right. listening to a podcast, which those aren't bad things necessarily. But right. But we, we choose it. to bring more junk into our already junked up space, you know, yeah. our, our Emo not emotionally, our sensory junked up space, right? So we've already had so much come at us all day. And then instead of letting ourselves rest at the end of the day, we just 
feed on the junk food. <laughs> you yeah. know, we we turn on the TV. I'm I am guilty of this. Yeah. You know, Valerie and I at the end of the day, we sit down and we watch an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and we laugh together <laughs> and we have a great time, but it's more it's more stimuli. Yeah. And honestly, how many people today are watching a show and scrolling on their phone at the same time? Yes, I've been so aware of that lately. Quinn likes to my daughter likes to watch TV while she plays or she used to. We've been really intentional about it, but I was like, which one are you going to do? Because you can watch a show, but then watch it. Or, But yeah. it's because her brain craves that because she also was dulled. Right, right. And I think that goes along with the one quote that you had pulled from the book. The most stressed out people are the most responsive to their technology. Yes, I see this so much. So it says, the most stressed out people are the most responsive to their technology. You don't have to be a slave to your equipment. Avoid automatically responding every time you get a notice that you have a message. Stop obeying your electronic taskmasters. Mm -hmm. They were created to work for you, not to lord over you, mm -hmm. which just felt convicting. <laughs> right. Because it's so true. You get a notification and you stop everything because our brains are wired mm -hmm. now to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I've turned my notifications off. Mm -hmm. which can be inconvenient sometimes. <laughs> but it has been really helpful for um, that stimuli for me because I do feel like I have a smaller bandwidth for sensory overload. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like feeling the buzzing every five seconds mm -hmm. or that's dramatic. Right. <laughs> I'm not that popular, right. but a lot throughout the day. <laughs> yeah. well, we, were, we were giggling here earlier looking at each other because my phone is laying on the table to yeah. keep our time for us and it has buzzed like... 15 times. Karen really is that popular. <laughs> she needs, you might need to turn your notifications <laughs> off. I understand that that is not always um, something everybody can yeah. do. Right. But you can set aside 30 minutes and turn it off. Um, right. Right. Just figure out what works Putting for phones you. in another room. Yeah. Things like that. Yes. And uh, I will say, I the only notifications that are on on my phone is my texting. Oh, yeah. You know, so that's the only thing I get. And the only reason is because I have children who need to get in touch with me, you know, and so I leave it on. But yes, my phone buzzes way too often. And yes, the most stressed <laughs> people are the most responsive. And <laughs> Paul says that all the time. Just because it buzzed doesn't mean you have to respond to that person right now. So it's, it is a good reminder. Um, the other quote that I really love that you pulled out of here. She said, the ability to enjoy simplicity has been anesthetized and with it, our loss of ability to experience sensory rest. So, so we numb yeah. our senses. Yeah. We, we can't experience simplicity anymore. We can't, because of that, we can't experience rest. And so that's why what you're going to be doing here in the next little bit is a really important exercise is because we have to retrain ourselves to enjoy simplicity and to be able to rest. I want to end with a verse out of Isaiah. It's Isaiah 30, verse 15. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. And this morning I was actually just looking at this verse personally for my own devotional time. I'm just trying to dig into some of these verses on rest this year. And it talks about in returning to me. So in turning back to me, that's almost 
like talking about repentance, right? Where we turn away from our wrongdoing and turn back to God. So only in repenting and resting in me. And this rest is kind of like when you um, like take something and you set it down on the table. So like I set my phone down and I'm letting it rest. So it's um, an active choice to put yourself into this resting mm-hmm. state, but then it's it's letting it lie. Like So it's letting ourselves just lie in God. So turning away from what we've been doing and then just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to sit and let you be God. It says, will you be saved? And this word saved here actually talks about, um, it's, it's a freedom, but when you look at the meaning of this Hebrew word, it talks about abundance and being brought into an open space. And I think about how so many times our lives are so limiting and so constricting, restricting, right? And all the things that we're doing, everything, it feels like this burden and it feels like we've been, like we don't have freedom, right? Like we're shackled. We're slaves to our lives. We're slaves to our schedules. We're slaves to our calendars. We're slaves to our phones. And he's saying in returning to me and resting, you're going to be brought back into this wide open space, this space of freedom, this place where you can breathe. You and I were just talking, Brooklyn, about the beach, mm-hmm. you know, and just thinking about as you are going to sit here in this next little bit with your feet in the sand, just thinking about being in this wide open space. Like when you sit at the ocean, I think what's so calming about it is you can't see the end of it. Yeah. Right? It feels wide open. Like you look out and it's just this vastness of the sea before you. And then it goes on and it says, in quietness and confidence is your strength. And this quietness is, again, it has to do with stillness. It has to do with not striving and not trying to fight the battle on our own, being quiet. And the confidence really is the word trust. So our strength comes from trusting God. So when we're able to, we are able to rest when we get to this place of saying, okay, God, like my hands are up. I've surrendered. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to be still. I'm going to let you intervene here into my life, bring stillness, bring peace, bring rest. It's just such a beautiful verse. But if you look where this is in this passage, the very next verse says, but you would have none of it. And he's, of course, talking to the Israelites and saying, this is the only way you're going to be victorious is if you come and you let me fight this battle for you. But it's the same thing for us. How often would we have none of it? We refuse the rest. We refuse the stillness that it takes to find the rest. Thanks so much for listening in again. Thanks, Brooklyn, for your thoughts on this. And I just encourage you as you go into this upcoming week, whatever is ahead of you, carve out some time and try to practice some of what you just learned. Take those breaks, sit in silence, sit in the dark, allow your senses when they get overworked and exhausted to just take that break that they need. And as always, keep looking above. 